0: One of uh one of our our being Pastor Kurtz and my friend um is having his last day uh at pastoral ministry at his church. And that was actually supposed to happen at the end of the month, but it's happening today, so Pastor Kurt is um going to support our friend as he says farewell to the church he planted um so uh he's going to support him and he's going to spend the day there for what the family has planned afterwards um so uh that's where he is today um we are though going to resume in our uh series on the book of romans and we are if you do not remember we're in does anybody remember I know, I know, that's, that's, it's been that long. We don't even know where we're at. It's like, Romans, yeah, we know where we're at. So, so we finished up 12, and we are now in chapter 13. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wise right there. Let me, let me hear what that answer is. I remember I was watching this show, and it was like the teacher was up at the blackboard talking about a question, and there was multiple choice, right? And so he kept hitting B. Every time he says something, right? So then he's like, hey, class, you know, what's the answer? And they were like, B. All of them. And they were like, he was like, well, wh- how did you know? And they were like, hey, man, you kept showing us. Like, you don't know, you, but you were showing us, right? So that's why I just be like, hey, after he said, it, yeah, say 13. That's, that's right. All right, so chapter 13, verse 1, reads as follows. Let everyone submit to the governing authorities since... There is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So, so then, the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the one in authority? Do what is good, and you will have its approval. For it it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because it does not carry the sword for no reason. For it is God's servant and avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. Therefore, you must submit not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. For this reason, you pay taxes, since the authorities are God's servants, continually attending to these tasks. Pay your obligation to everyone, taxes to those you owe taxes, tolls to those you owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, asking you for your wisdom and direction and your perspective as we talk about how we, those who believe in you, ought to see government and interact with government. Father, we know that no government is perfect, and therein lies some of the problem for some of us but yet we are your people. (laughs) May we remember that as we grapple with this passage. May we remember it as we contemplate what was said today. Only Lord, would you speak to us? Would you please increase and would you help me to decrease? Lord, would you help me to have the coherency of mind to communicate the strength and anything else needed to serve your people and to glorify you and for you just for your voice to be heard through me. Lord, I ask you this in Jesus' name and I thank you so much that you hear my prayer. Amen. There's no introduction or anything to this. This is a take it as it is message as it relates to what's very clearly stated in this passage. The passage starts off with two very direct words. Let everyone. Not the older people, not just the younger people, not just those people who think themselves mature, but everyone. And remember that we've come to this point. Remember how chapter 12 started. Chapter 12 started that in light of all that we've heard of the mercies of God in the previous one through 11 chapters of Romans, that now we're going to get to the part where we start Application, where we start in light of like how God has interacted with us, how we're supposed to interact with each other. And here, how we're supposed to interact with the world as God's people. So everyone, this isn't written to everyone in the world, but it's written to all of the believers. So believers, let everyone submit to the governing authorities. There is no As my mom used to tell me, I'm sure somebody's mom told them the same thing. No ifs, ands, or buts. Like that means, like, boy, you better do it. So (laughs) obviously that's not exactly how God communicates, but he does say let everyone submit to the governing authorities. Now, I will say this. If you have any questions, please remember, you can text those to 240-623-8076. But the passage is clear about what we're supposed to do. But it's not just clear because the government is the government. We're told to submit to the government for a very specific reason. A very specific reason that is to shape our outlook on the government, our outlook on the limitations of the government, our outlook on the imperfections even of the government. And by government, I'm not just talking about Federal, it says governing authority, so I'm talking about your mayor, if you have one of those, your county council person, the the county executive, the the delegates, and all of those who are in Annapolis or who work out of Annapolis, uh, the governor, all of that. And the reason why we are to submit, listen to, obey, it's crystal clear. It's crystal clear that there is no authority except from God. That's the reason. It's not because the people are, but it's because our. I, I, there used to be this this commercial. Um, it was a uh, it was it was a hot dog commercial, back in the day. I'm gonna show my age. Some of y'all not even gonna know. It's like, man, okay. So there was this man dressed up in, the, you know, Uncle Sam, uh, Uncle Sam. Everybody knows Uncle Sam. So he's dressed up like Uncle Sam. And there are these hot dogs that are kosher hot dogs. And so I forgot the name of the hot dog brand, but the, the kosher hot dogs, they talk about the, somebody know? Huh? Hebrew, thank you. Hebrew National, yeah. Thank you. See, I'm so old, I forgot the name of the joint. Anyway, Hebrew National is there, and they talk about their hot dogs, and they say, this is why you should eat them. And then at the end it says, because we answer to a higher authority in the looks up, right? We answer to a higher authority. So there is, for the believer, there is the horizontal, that's other people, that's the systems that are here on this earth. But then there is that which supersedes the the horizontal, and it's the vertical. For us as believers, the vertical informs the horizontal. For some people who don't walk with the Lord, who may have a category for God, The horizontal may help them interact with the vertical in some way, or they include the vertical sometimes. But for people who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus, the vertical informs the horizontal. And that is why we submit to the governing authorities. See, Jesus said this in John 1911 he said to Pilate. Now this is when he's on his way to the cross, right? He's he's it would appear to the eye that, well, he's he's an inmate. He's brought in, I don't know, I don't think it was changed, but he's obviously a prisoner. And he's before Pilate. And Pilate's saying, hey, man, aren't you going to answer any of my questions? Aren't you going to defend yourself before me because I have authority to do this and to do do that to you? But what did Jesus say? He said you would have no authority unless it were given to you. That's the vertical informing the horizontal. Yes, right now it appears that you have authority over me, but you only have authority because God has given it. As a matter of fact, you don't know this, but you only have authority because I've given you this authority. So for us, that's some of what begins to inform our submission to the governing authorities. To show you, to to, to pull the curtain back and to see like how things play out in eternity, yet in what is our current reality, I want to remind you of Revelation chapter 5. Remember when John is, uh, uh, he goes into heaven, he's taken by the Spirit of God, and at some point, hes they're looking for someone to take the scroll, right, the scrolls. They're looking on earth, under the earth, but they're looking everywhere. They can't find anyone, and John weeps, right? He begins to weep, and then the angel says, hey, man, don't weep. Like, look, look at the lamb who was slain. He has the authority to take it. So he takes the scroll, right? He takes the scroll, and then only then can the scroll be unlocked. So he opens the scroll, and listen to what it says. And when he opens the scroll, we know that then come four horsemen. So uh, in, verse, in chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, listen, look, and listen to this. When he opened the scroll, who? The lamb. When he opened the scroll. No one else could, was worthy to open it. When he opened the second seal, which was in the scroll. I heard, John heard, the second living creature say, come. Then another horse went out, so this is a second horse, went out a fiery red one, and its rider was allowed to take peace from the earth so that people would slaughter one another, and a large sword was given to him. couple of things to look at, look at here. Oh, now, keep that up for a second, please. Keep that up, because where it says that, that, okay, first of all, Note that the fiery red horse is not just around. He's not even allowed to come out until he's invited to come out. And that's in verse 3 when he's told the last word there is come. And so then he comes out and this rider was, was allowed. Permission was given to him. He didn't just do it just because he wanted to do it. He did it because he was told to do it. This is what your assignment is. You are allowed to take peace from earth so that people would slaughter one another. And what was given to him? A large sword was given to him. It wasn't his until it was given to him. He had to receive it. He had to be allowed. He had to be called forth. So someone is in control. He's not just arbitrarily doing what he wants to do. There are parameters. This is the scope of what you can do. Same thing applies to all of the horse, horsemen. Moving along to verse, verses 5 and 6, same type of thing. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. All right, now you can come out. And I looked, John looked, and there was a black horse. Its rider held a set of scales in his hands. Then I heard something like a voice from among the four living creatures say a quart of a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for, a den- for a denarius. But do not harm the oil and the wine. Again, there are parameters. Within which the, 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 the horseman needs to operate, whatever he's assigned to do. Whatever, I guess that's probably like uh, inflation, inflationary, looks inflationary to me. It's like, okay, this is how much a, wheat, a, a, wheat, a quart of wheat is gonna cost. This is how much three, three quarts of barley is gonna cost. Okay, but you can only mess with the wheat and the barley. You cannot harm, don't do anything to the oil or to the wine. These are examples of no authority being given to anyone. For, for no one having authority except authority being given to it. So Jesus says to Pilate, you wouldn't even, if, if it hadn't been given to you from, a, a, from above, you wouldn't even have any authority. This is not from the Bible completely. It's, it's, it's an observation. If we can put up Luke chapter uh, 2, 1 through 3. So in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. Right. All right. Verse two. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered each to his own town. Now, what's important about that is if we go back to verse one, uh, we see that Caesar Augustus is the one who makes this decree. However, If we go to Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Oh, I'm sorry. We probably should have included three as well. But this is a reference to where the, the Messiah would be born. So Bethlehem, you are small among the clans of Judah. And it's going to talk about how the Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. So the Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. That's what's supposed to happen. That's what God said. So so there it is. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. That's a reference to the Messiah. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. So this is not. This is not like just someone. This is the Messiah being spoken about here. So he's supposed to be come from Bethlehem, but his parents, Jesus's parents, from the horizontal perspective, they're from Nazareth. Right. So if she's pregnant in Nazareth, more than likely, um, usually, like when we decide to move somewhere, um, many times if you have children, like you wait till school's over. Right. Um, you, you, You don't move in the midst of major transitions, usually, unless you have to in your life. So it doesn't make sense even to us to move like while you're pregnant unless it's to move like to a bigger house. But this was a temporary thing. They weren't even moving there. They were just going there to register for the census. Caesar Augustus says there's going to be a census. I want to know where, I want to know everything about my kingdom. But God said that the the ruler who's going to rule for him is going to come from Bethlehem. But his parents live in Nazareth. But God said that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So Caesar Augustus, who has no, who as far as we know, has not studying all of this, is not trying to make this happen. Doesn't even know. Joseph doesn't know. Mary doesn't know about God. As far as we know, he decides that there's going to be a decree. The decree happens. And you know what? Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Just as God says, that is an example of God using the governing authorities to unfold his purpose in the world. And that is why. We submit to the governing authorities, because really the governing authorities are supposed to answer to a higher power. Our perspective is not just what we see here, but our perspective is what we know about there. That, 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 that's what our perspective is. We, we have more than just what we see with our eyes. We have the word of God. We, we are the people who, we've seen the movie. How do we see the movie? Well, it's in the Bible, right? See, God is moving all things. This, this this. I should just say it the way I wrote it. Redemption unfolds within the context of history because ultimately all history is about redemption. All history is about redemption. It's about God's plan unfolding. It's about at the end when it's all said and done, the dwelling place of God is again with humanity. It's about God restoring all things to be in harmony with himself. Obviously, right now, that's not what's going on. Right now might show why there needs to be harmony. There are various reasons for which things happen, but ultimately, 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 all things are moving towards being reconciled with God. And by reconciled, I don't, I do I don't mean that everybody's going to be reconciled with them. What I mean is that everything's going to be put in its pro- back in its proper order. Everything, whether that is eternal punishment or whether that is experiencing the glory of God's dwelling place being with us once again, as it was with Adam and Eve, where they knew the sound of God and could tell when he was coming. And even though the, 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 the record we have of that shows them being afraid, if we use our minds, it's, it makes sense to think like, oh, since they knew that was him, that that was something they experienced on a regular basis. And so we're going to be able to experience that one day. And so, what our destiny is informs what our reality is. So, let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are instituted by God. Now, We'll see that they're instituted for a particular reason. And we are we know that they do not always execute those reasons properly. So we will talk a little bit about that before we end. But let's just um, note that the the consequences of not obeying God in this area in in chapter, um, excuse me, verse two, it says, so then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command." And those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. And that's not just speaking about judgment. That we has, He hasn't even begun to talk about how the government um, judges. He's about to talk about that. But he's still talking about God's judgment. To not submit to the government except for matters of sin and righteousness is to resist to oppose God's command because God is the one who determines who will be in charge now what they do with their charge is on them and they will they will be obviously be judged for that but resisting since again the vertical and forming the horizontal since we know that God controls everything even the rollout of judgment God he he is over that it is not outside it didn't get away from him. it's not something that just you know how if you've ever i remember when i was younger my uh my stepfather let me drive i was probably about 11 and he, and he let me drive a Z28 not not completely drive and he wasn't yeah he wasn't crazy <laughs> but he was kind of a wild dude i loved him man god rest his soul but 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 he but he he let, he let me, let me. Do. Now I didn't drive without him in the car. Actually, he was like, I was sitting between his legs. So, so because because he, he wasn't crazy. So anyway, um, so I, I, so when I hit the pedal, like I noticed like this power of the joint. I was like, Vroom. I was like, oh! And it kind of scared me. So I, just started driving like real pedestrian, right? But all of that power, what I was, why did I ease up on the gas? Because I was afraid the car was going to get away from me. Stuff doesn't get away from God. It, does, it doesn't get away. Like, like I know our perspective is could be like, man, God, why did this happen? And you know what? He Normally, he's not telling us why it happened. You know? Um, ho- hopefully, what he may be doing, though, what he's always doing is motivating us to pray, though. To pray about it, at least. And then maybe to do some other things about it. But God is not, even judgment, it doesn't just get away from God. It's not like God is, oh, oh, man, I just... Man, you know what, that really just got away from me. I'm sorry, everybody. You know, I'll get it back. It's, that's not what God's doing. Everything is unfolding under his, under his power, under his power. They wouldn't, as we heard last, last week, the people who do what they do would not even be able to do it if they didn't have the cognition. And we saw last week that God controls even the cognition that people have. Right? He can take it away and give it as he pleases. So that's what we need to remember, not just about Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter four, but we need to and not just about us and our lives, but about everything, that there is nothing that exceeds the authority and power of God. And so we must submit to the governing authorities. And if we do not submit to the governing authorities, then we will be found opposing God's command. And those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. That's very clear. I will not elaborate. It says, verse three, uh, for all, excuse me, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. My mom used to work for the uh, Metropolitan Police Department, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department. She not as a uh, police, but as a civilian. And she will always tell me, like, if you haven't done anything wrong, do not ever run from the police. And that's been what I've done. It's like, okay, I mean, you do what your parents tell you till you get grown. Then you recognize that what your parents tell you told you have got you this far and it's like I think I'm going to keep listening. So police come up to my car. It's it's with um, with respect. I haven't been stopped for no reason. This is just my experience. I haven't ever been stopped for no reason. So I mean I I honor, honor them as I can. Why? Because I'm not doing anything wrong. If I was doing something wrong, then I would have reason to run. There have been times I've run from the police. I hope my mom never sees this. There have been times that I've run from the police, but I ran because I was doing something wrong. There was a reason for me to run. And part of the reason is this, what the Bible says here, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct. If my conduct was good, there's no reason to run. But if my conduct was bad, then my brother, unless you trying to go to jail, like, hey, yeah, you need to run. I'm a believer now, so I'm not doing that stuff anymore, whatever that was, right? Praise God, I'm not doing that. have no reason to run at all, none. So do you want to be unafraid? Just the logic continues to unfold. Do you want to be unafraid, excuse me, of of the one in authority? Obviously the answer is yes. I don't don't want to be afraid. I want to be unafraid. Right, yes. Then do what is good and you will have its approval. Four. Just a reminder of what they're, what they're supposed to be doing. Verse 4. For it is, it is God's servant for your good. But if you do, I am want to pause right there. I want to pause right there. It's it God's servant um, for your good. So everyone remembers uh, the aftermath of George Floyd's death at the hands of police. And I haven't spoken with a person or interacted with a person that wasn't outraged, sad, at seeing that. Yeah, you all, most of, some of you know that um, I used to be the PTSA president at Parkdale High School. Um, Just on Wednesday, we had a little ceremony for uh, people who were going to graduate the next day from Parkdale High School right here um, at Solid Rock Church. That's why these flowers are here. And um, yeah, Um, and so I was invited to this call where they were talking about removing SROs from school buildings. SROs are special resource officers, which are the police that are in our public schools. Why did they want to remove the? (laughs) I'm about to. Somebody might be mad at me, but why do they want to remove the SRO from? The school where they want to remove the SRO from the school because to them, the SRO in the, the, SRO in the school is just one of the one one of the uh, one of the manifestations of the reality of the school to prison pipeline. Just by virtue of the police being there and the police being this is not what I would say. OK, so the police being as evil as they are, as these people on the calls. I was the only person. I mean, first they started talking. talking, All right, Yeah, we're here to talk about this or that. All right, so let's ask this question. We're about to ask a question. Then he was like, no, 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 no. Let me not assume that everyone on here wants to remove the SRO. Is there anyone on here who does not want to remove the SRO? So I proceeded to, to say, I'm not in favor of removing the SRO. I didn't say it like this. Maybe I should have said it like that. Maybe I should have said it with some attitude because I tried to say it humble, but then somebody just, I'll tell you what they did. So anyway, I said, I humbly said, no, I don't, I don't I'm not in favor of removing the SRO from our schools. Um, at Parkdale High School, the SRO has a good relationship with the students in the school. You know, when he's called upon to do something, he does what he needs to do, but he's a, he's a last resort. I, I just don't want to. This is why I said this is probably what made the person mad. I said, I don't think we should experiment with removing the SROs from the school until we have solved like why they were in the school in the first place. So unless we solve that, like I don't want to remove them. This person was like, Martin Luther King and such and such and such said the SROs should be It's like, man, did they have SROs? Anyway, so anyway, she just like, just, like, just went up one side and the other, and then I was like, okay, I'm feeling like I wanna uh, talk in certain ways that wouldn't glorify God. Not with cuss words, I don't cuss. So it wouldn't have been with that, but it just would have been my attitude would have been horrible. So I just decided not to say anything. Um, I wonder what they would say if we were having that conversation today. I wonder what they would say about that. Oh, and if you, I will say this. (laughs) I'll say this. If you are a parent of a Prince George's County public school child, just know that I think they are phasing the SRO out. So if you don't want that to happen, then you do have certain recourses that you can take to at least make noise about that in light of things that have happened mm-hmm. recently. So the, the SRO at that school sits, sometimes you know that Parkdale's in the Valley, so sometimes he'll put his car on a hill just so everybody know I'm here. He's usually in the car then. Um, just being, if, if that weren't there, if that weren't a deterrent, then what might happen? I don't know, I shudder to think what, what happened with the type of increases we see going on. But like, people forget that the government, despite its imperfections and ways that there are things I will say this too just so no one gets it twisted. I believe there are things that need to change within how we police in the United States. I'll be the first to tell you. But I believe that as a society and as a community, you can't just like dismiss some people and just think that like you can you, you can't do that. Like you have to be able to like come together, have a conversation, and one day y'all can pray for me. One day I would like to have a forum in here where like police, young people, and even older people are role playing how they experience the other. So that there can be a conversation about like what I perceive when you did that and how we can move forward together. Because if we're talking about the community, hey man, I don't want you to be like, hey man, we need to dial 911, there's an active shooter, no. Oh man, I want somebody else. I don't carry a weapon or anything like that, so I don't have a concealed carry or whatever. Um, um, I don't even have a weapon except for my prayers. Um, but but <laughs> but but, um, but I do believe those. Are, that's enough. I mean, I've been here for for a while now. I've, I've haven't in. Yes, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> since I've been married, I've never had a weapon. All right? Okay. All right. So so. But it's not like I want you to all right, get people who can stop this man, to come. no, I want, I want somebody to be there that can minimize the damage that he's doing, right? Because that time is not a time to pray, that's not a time, to, oh, it's an active shooter, all right, dear Lord, we going. no, 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 we might be, it might be dear Lord, but it's like dear Lord, we going blank, like me, <laughs> like Lord, hey, y'all, come this way, come this way, all right, shut the lock the door, lock the door, all right, get that turn off the light. You know. all the little, I've even participated in those kind of drills at Parkdale because I'm there so much. I don't want, I, man, I want the police. Please come. Come quickly. Weapons drawn. They here. We're under attack. Not, yeah, man, they have to, like, go through this, that, the other to, like, alter. no, 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 no. I want them to come. Why? Because I believe, as verse 4 says, for it, government is God's servant for your good for your good, that there is some good, that, they, that there's a reason they exist. There are bad people in the world. Everybody's not good. Everybody is not good. So the one conversation that I had, well, I had a couple of, with, with my wife about, man, you know, I'd really like to go ahead and get one of them weapons. And one of them was because there were some people I grew up with that to me weren't tough, weren't whatever. But then I heard, that one of them who died in the incident for no reason was terrorizing some woman and her child, and the father happened, the the man of the house came home and he had a weapon, he used it. One got away, the other didn't. So and I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I I know these people, (laughs) they did that? Man, there are people out here far worse than them. I don't ever want to be at the mercy of anyone. So, babe, I'm trying to get a weapon. So she convinced me, don't don't do that. And so ever since then, that was very early on in our marriage. Ever since then, it's it's my prayers that are are my weapons. But everybody is not good. Everyone is not good. Even the Bible talks about how the law is for the lawless. The law is for the lawless. You, You don't even need your own conscience tells you what's right and what's wrong. For most things, you do not need someone else to tell you what's right or what's wrong. You go to a different culture, it might be different, somebody might need to tell you. But for the most part, we had a situation just this week uh, where someone, a, a couple left, like, some water and a case of Sprites, like, right in front of our house. So my wife was like, maybe they'll come back. I don't think they're coming back. And I'm like, well, let's leave it out there in case they come back. They didn't come back. How do I know they didn't come back? Because the stuff was still there. So uh, I went somewhere yesterday. The stuff was still there again. Then I came back. It was gone. And it was because it was with us. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? See, that's that's that, I feel, I feel judgment right now. <laughs> I, I feel like y'all think that we took it for us. No, we took it so it just won't be out there if I don't think they're going to come back. But if they came back. They'll get it back within two weeks. (laughs) If they do not come back in a reasonable amount of time, then we'll find some outreach way of like giving it to somebody else. But but nobody had to tell my neighbors or people who walked by, this is not yours. Leave it alone. People left it there because they knew, like, I didn't buy that, right? Now, I can sit out there and, you know, weather and all that stuff and get messed up. So that's why we bought it. It's like, well, if they do come back, you know, maybe they'll think to, like, come to the house in which it was right in front of, right? The law, though, is for the lawless. The government is God's authority. God's servant to do good but if you do wrong it says continuing in verse 4 be afraid because it does not carry the sword for no reason for it's God's servant again second time it's going to say God's servant at least one more time so three times it refers to the government as God's servant but here it says for it's God's it is God's servant an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong I'm gonna tell you this the, the 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 thing about doing wrong do, wrong needs to be confronted with right, a, a response because if you don't then all kinds of things will be allowed that just don't make sense. It's not well thought out and the ramifications, the ramifications could be horrible. At the food pantry last Saturday, not yesterday, but Saturday before that, there was a conversation as we talked with some of the students about um, an announcement that was made over their, uh, their um, PA the day before. Um, that was, so that was actually that conversation. It was on Saturday, but the an- announcement was made on Thursday for Friday. So they had Spirit Week. Spirit Week, you, sometimes you get to wear whatever you want. So as they talked about Spirit Week, um, they said, okay, these are the things you can wear and these are the things you can't wear. So obviously, some of the things that you can't wear were things that would show parts of your body, right? So, but they said they were explicit, very direct, and some of the things they said, and and some of the y- young ladies brought up. Well, you know what? Um, basically, they shouldn't have announced it like that. So, and they did One statement was made that that I co-signed. I was like, yeah, maybe there was a better way to say that, and and that statement was. Um, Ladies, no flesh should be shown. And they came with, came with, but that so that, there was context to it, so there's more than that. But the, the student extrapolated that too. And she said, maybe they could have said, students, no flesh can be shown. I was like, hey, you know, I, I, hey, I like, that's a good way to say it, you know? But what they seem to be missing throughout the other parts of the conversation and one of the reasons why, just like with the police, I think it'd be helpful for young people to have um, uh, extra generational conversations is because just like when you drive or you watch somebody drive and you think, man, that looks fairly easy. That, I can do that, right? It looks easy until like, you drive in the rain for the first time or in the dark for the first time, or in snow for the first time, or with other people for the first time, or on a street where people park on the diff- both sides of the road and it's hard to navigate. You, 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 everything looks easy until you're in the midst of, right? So there are some things that these children have not been in the midst of, some things that they don't know about, some ways that people think and operate that they haven't been exposed to, thank God. But there are people who will do bad things when they see flesh. And you can't just act like those people don't exist. You can't even act like those people may not be one of your teachers. So depending on your background, you may say, hey, no flesh should be shown, not because you're trying to say anything about women, but, or young women, but your perspective could be about the response of someone who would be predatory. But if they don't have that conversation and you don't know. So I mean I was there, so I mentioned something like that. And they seemed to be okay with it. I don't know if they agree with it. They were okay with it, right? But but there are just certain things that we that we that we don't know, certain things that we don't may not understand unless we are exposed to it to it, excuse me through our conversation with each other. So at some point, maybe if, I'll just say this, if that's something you'd be interested in, please let me know because these types of conversations that I'm talking about, see government, as people say you cannot legislate morality, you can't. Government has its place, but the rest of us can fill in some of the gaps, right? We don't want to be in a place where we allow everything as if there is no threat to anything because there are threats. So in a world where anything could go, we need, to, we need someone to say this is wrong. Right now, I think we're saying everything's right on some level, so that could be hard, but, 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 That's where the the society fills in the gaps. That's where we can fill in the gaps. But the government is supposed to be God's servant to also bring wrath on those who do wrong. There are people who do wrong. So to the degree that we see that and our government doesn't respond to that, we should call it to do so. Verse five says, therefore, you must submit not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. So for the believer, we don't submit just because somebody could kill us. Right, that's why we we can resist the government if it is calling us to do things that are that's unrighteous. If it's demanding, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you bow down to this when the music plays, we do not have to do that. That there's precedent for that in scripture, and so we 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 understand that we can. So we'll talk a bit about how we resist in just a moment, but our submission is not just because they have power to execute. People. It's not just because they can lock you up. It's not just because they can imply restrictions or they can garnish your paycheck or they can. No, we do right because, at the end, because of our conscience, because again of the vertical informing the horizontal, because understanding who God is and what He calls me to, that is why I am going to submit to the government because ultimately the government is not in control of me. So if we have to operate from conscience, we have to to remember, and we do remember, that that our obedience flows from our heart, right? It flows from who we are in Christ, right? That's what it flows from. It doesn't flow from, oh, I'm about to get in trouble. It doesn't flow from, oh, man, they, they might repossess my car. It doesn't flow from that. It flows from... Hey, I believe God is in control, and so, verse six. I can pay my taxes, so that we can fund—not defund, but fund—God's servants. I'll read the passage. For this reason, you pay you pay taxes, since the authorities are God's servants continually attending to these tasks. So they are to think about how to combat wrong all the time or how to make things better all the time. That's what they're supposed to be doing so that you don't have to, so that I don't have to think about that. Even though I do think about that, but I don't have to because I'm paying them. And if I'm paying them, then I need to make sure that they are are held accountable for because our form of government allows us to hold them accountable through voting, which is coming up in this, in next month, the 19th um, vote. If you do vote, the 19th of July is when you vote. Early voting begins on the 7th, I think. Um, but there are ways in which we can influence our government. But our hope is not in influencing the government. We try to influence the government just to do good, right? Uh, Galatians 6:10, right? Uh, therefore, as is, is much. As you have opportunity, do work for the good of all, right? Especially those of the household of faith. So wherever you are with, with voting and all that, that's where you are. But for me, I, I do vote. I know Pastor Kirk doesn't do that, but, but I vote because that's a way for me to at least go on the record with something. Well, I vote if I can vote. If, if I can't vote for any person, then I just write somebody in that I think I could vote for, which obviously that person never wins. But. Uh, but, but, but that's what I do. In, in one way, just to say, like, I don't agree with any of y'all. You know, I mean, the, who sees it? The Lord and me, probably. Right? That's probably it. And now y'all know. But what, what is it doing? Nothing. Um, but seven says, pay your obligations to everyone, taxes to those uh, you owe taxes, tolls to those, <laughs> tolls, tolls are like everywhere, right? Tolls to, to those you owe tolls. But then it gets to to non Monetary transaction, right? Why, because we're God's people. Respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. See, we're from a totally different place. Our, our, our citizenship is not just the United States of American, America, our citizenship is in heaven. We know from Acts 20, verse 28, When Paul was leaving the Ephesian elders, that we've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ himself. He purchased us himself with his blood. Philippians 3.20, it says our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly, we eagerly wait for a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.19 says, So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. We remember that there would be no authority for anyone to have unless that authority were given by God, by our king. That's why we're able to submit to our government. So if the government does not do right, there, is, there are processes that we've seen that work or have worked. Some of those processes are organizing and writing your congressman. That's a way, that's a way to, to do that. Oh, but the first one is always prayer. Please don't complain about something you haven't prayed about. Please don't do it. Because you're just adding to the situation. right? You may, may not be adding in a way that you... You know, that that you really see. But but if you just complain and you haven't talked to God about it, you're not really doing anything about it. You're not doing anything about it. But if we are praying and if we as 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 even though he's not in right now, he went to the bathroom or something. But even as Aaron Herbert did a few few days ago in a group meeting I was in, he's like, hey, man, I'm praying for our country at one o'clock. Anybody who wants to pray, we don't need to call each other, but anybody who wants to pray, it'd be nice to know that people are praying. That's doing something about it. That's not just standing around, just, man, I just hate the way things are going. I'm scared to send my kids to school. No, it's like, no, no, man, let's pray. So we start with prayer. And then there are other things we can do. That's why July 19th, I'm going. That's why Greater Riverdale Thrives was able, thank you, Solid Rock Church, to host a a candidates forum here at the church so that people can know about, okay, well, what do the people who are running for office, what do they believe? What are they standing for? Now, all of them are of the same party. They basically, in my opinion, stood for the same thing. That's just me. Um, but um, but at, least, at least you can get to see like, who these people are, know who these people are. Um, that, that, that's a way that we, can, that we can protest. That's a way that we can um, protest, not about things that are wrong, obviously. Um, but I, don't, I will say this, I do not believe it is American. I'm sorry, not I don't believe it is American. I'm saying I don't believe, and I cut that thought short and said it is American to hold on to our Second Amendment rights like this. It's not biblical though. If you can show me a passage, show me the passage. It's not biblical, it's constitutional maybe, but it's not biblical. Right. It's, it's something that that is allowed for in our Constitution, but it is not the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. But they're mighty through God. Right. Casting down uh, strongholds, uh, casting down strongholds and imaginations, all of it. Just we, our, the way we engage is by through our words, like our Lord does. Let there be light and there was light. I'll give you. You, you can come and they come out. Do this, that and the other. Go no further. His word. that's what he does. So our words, first through our prayers, but not through our weapons, not through our guns, bombs, little you know little cocktails, not through any of that, but through our prayers first and then trying to reach people's hearts. Why are two of the things I mentioned uh, as examples mentioned they're, they're conversational. It's because conversation changes this, right? It changes the mind, which controls this, what you do with your body, right? And so our warfare is our talking with people. It's our praying, talking to God. But it's not our AR whatever. It's not our Glock. So we don't protest our government that way. And I know our heroes in school, that they were able to take up arms. But remember, we're not, we're not from here. Our citizenship isn't primarily here in the vertical sense. It's, it's in heaven. And so that heavenly citizenship should inform how we operate in this horizontal citizenship. And I cannot express to you enough the role that prayer ought to be playing in how we engage with our government. And so I would ask you that you would continue. And it's not just our government, it's the good of our country. I just would ask you, and by the good of our country, I mean having a country where we can still be free to influence people through sharing the gospel freely without our lives being on the line. That's something to pray for. That's something to pray actively for because we're moving in a direction where there is no wrong except a call out wrong. And the gospel calls us all wrong, but then gives us a solution outside of ourselves, which is Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for our governmental structure in which we can at least we do have freedom of speech right now. And so we can speak out. Thank you, Lord, for the reality that we can always pray. And thank you for the weapons of our warfare, which are strong in you. They're strong in you. You pull down the strongholds. You cast down the imaginations. You conform them to yours. Use us, Lord, to convert people to you so that they too will live in light of the citizenship that is found in heaven through Jesus Christ and not just the citizenship that they found they had when they were born. Lord, to be honest, I cannot think of a country I would rather live in than the United States, so I'm grateful. I don't don't hate my, my country. But nor do I deified either we are an imperfect union but it's one in which we can use our influence to win others and I pray that your church will be about winning others to you and you taking care of the rest than even standing up for causes Lord help us move us along and wherever we are in our thinking so that we can glorify you in how we submit to our government and even how we might call our government out for different things. Father, I ask you this in Jesus' name. I thank you for um, uh, for people's attention. I ask you that you will bless us and speak to us even after this as we think about today. Amen. Amen. So. I am gonna check one thing before we switch to communion. Um, so if you have not yet gotten your communion uh cups, please do so now. And you can just stand to your feet because I checked. And they're on a, Because I'm gonna be ever so brief. Um and that is we, we weren't All right, we gonna sit down, right? Quick. <laughs> we are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. there are like five questions. Um, so we'll try to be. Uh, okay. Do we submit to the authority even when their policies are ungodly and selfish? Um, if it, so, if the policies are ungodly and selfish. Um, Obviously, we can't we can't we don't have to like we do not have to embrace those as things we would do. We would do. But that's where the prayer comes in. Right. Because we, we that's where the prayer comes in. Um, that's why I've said over and over again that, you know, we aren't our government is not perfect because there are some ungodly policies that we have in place, I believe. Um, and, I, and there are some selfish Entities that get to have their policies pushed forward, I think. And so to the degree that it doesn't cause me to have to do anything uh, ungodly myself, then, I mean, I can't change that. So I operate within the framework of what God has, um, has called me to. So I will submit in the best way I can. The best way I can is not going to be all right, I'm gonna just say this, somebody' gonna get mad. I'm so somebody, but not in here maybe so so even like a word, so these these are different ways i like I do not submit. so I'm in, increasingly in in context where there are nonprofits that want to do like good for everybody, right? And I'm for doing good for everybody too. I, I am for everybody, anybody good though. So there's a word used to capture the Latino population that I used to use because I thought it was something that the Latino population needed me, wanted me to use. But it wasn't the Latino population that needed me, wanted me to use that. It was some elite people that want to push forward an agenda (laughs) of non-binary description of the Latino population. So the word that they use that I don't use is Latinx. Latinx, I don't, I don't use that. I just say Latino. Oh, you didn't hear that word before. I don't know whatever that was. But, but it's like the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the circles I'm in, sometimes it's like, yeah, the Latinx population. But the Latinx population that you're talking about never asked you to call them Latinx. They don't mind that you call them Latino. The ones that I interact with. And I think I've even asked at least one person in here. So, so I think, oh, man, well, you're just trying to get us to, like, bow down to, like, your culture of non-binary, just vocabulary, and I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Now, if the Latinx, the people that I knew were saying, hey, man, we need to be called Latinx, that's respectful, then maybe I'd do it. But if they aren't, Man, I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing that just the way I just said it. No, I'm not doing that. Why am I doing that? Why do you want me to do that? Right? So, so, so that's, and that's not, that's not the government, right? That's just the culture, right? That's just the culture. But if the government was saying, like, pronouns, I don't have anything wrong with other people having pronouns, but I'll tell you this. Most of the times, the pronouns that are on the Zoom call were the pronouns I would call you when I look at you. So, again, if you got pronouns, cool. If you're, I mean, some people's organizations may, you may have to do that, right? But mine doesn't. So, I don't put my pronouns. What would you, when you look at me and see me, what would you call me? Call me that. Now, if it's an insult, (laughs) then I'm from Landover and I'm godly. So, I'll find a way to address it that's mostly godly. But just like, you know, let you know like, man, come on, man, like. Why why are you talking to me like that? Don't don't do that. But if there if 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 the if the if the if the laws are ungodly, we can't embrace the laws. So for me, like that's not a law, but like I'm not embracing that because like I don't even want to get in the spirit of just doing what you say because you're because you're pressurizing me in some way or because everyone else is doing it. When I'm not offending you by not having a pronouns there, or not or saying Latinos like that doesn't offend. It may offend some people, but it's not. It's, it's, it's not a law. So that's just one of the ways I try to keep an edge of, you know what the world. Jesus says this says it's right. The world will hate you because it hated him. So he also said, like, when everybody speaks good of you, like you should think about why does everyone speak well of me? So there are going to be some countercultural things that we can't do, right? And it may not be. You may be in a place where you, could, where you can do that, and that's, that's you. Thank God for that for you. But for me, that's just me. Okay. This question says, if God forbid another tragedy like what happened in Texas, happened again, and the parents are believers, and the police prevent them from getting to their children, are they still to respect and listen to authorities if they don't do anything to save their children in order to protect the the public overall? This is what I would say. I'm I'm going to answer the question, but first I'm going to answer from a little bit from my experience as a PTSA president. Parents, I'm I'm telling you wholesale. If your if your children are in public school, be involved before a crisis. Everybody will come after the lockdown is over, and get their kids. I've seen this, like, man, man, man the, the threat is gone now, Everybody just getting their kids out, right, you know? And I understand that on some level, right, I, under, I understand that, but it is over. I mean, again, I'm from a place where, like, there was violence all the time, so, so it's like, okay, man, hey, it's over, we can go play basketball now, but, I mean, they gone, the police got them, we can get back to what we were doing. It's over, but, You have to interact when there's just nobody there, but a few other handful of other parents. You have to be the voice to help shape the policy. To help shape the policy that says what you can and cannot do, because it's it's almost too late when it's in place. But if you can get in on the front end, like other people are doing even now in our own school system, then you can help shape the policy, and you won't have to react. Because really, by the time there's an active, like just think about if if, if you are if you go to work, and you work uh, what? Uh, let's say you work thirty minutes from where your child's school is, and that's a situation like that is going on. By the time you even get there, it may be over. Right? There's there's not anything you can do. So. What what I would what I would what what would happen to me is I would be at Parkdale, there would be a lockdown. And a parent would be like, Pastor Mike, uh, Parkdale's on lockdown. Do you know why? Like that, that's what would happen. Um, no, I'm in here with them, but I don't know what's going on, right? Because they don't say anything. So maybe you could say, hey, you gotta tell people what's happening. Or something needs to go off from the school to the parents, right? These are things you can do, right? And then you could talk with Law enforcement, the school, and the parents about like what, how do we, how are we handling this? Because I do think any parent, parents will lay down their life for their children. We will. Even my kids are grown now. I'll still lay my life down for them. I will hope they don't do nothing that caused me to do but I will do it. I thought about it. Like it's is like, it's just like, you know, well, right now I got to do it now. It's just I'm going to do it because of. Who they are. I'll do that. That's, I love them like that. Right. So parents will lay down their life. But. You do have to wonder in an active situation like that, how much your help will really be helpful. You're not trained for that. You're, you, you, who are you? Are you, in a, are you with that person or are you a parent? You know, so, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how to answer, like, what the, what, what the, I understand the instinct completely. I do. I definitely understand the instinct completely. I will have that instinct, in, I will have the instinct up at Parkdale, and they're not even my kids. It's just because they're young. Their life is still, it's horrible. I mean, the kids he's talking about who sent this question in, they're not even as old as the children at Parkdale. How horrible. But I would say, be proactive. Because the question was stated, if, God forbid, another tragedy, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say this. But because there has been a tragedy like that, there's gonna be another one. And so it's like, what can we do ahead of time to prepare everybody for the best, how do we think through it outside of the emergency to do like what's best. That's what we have to do. So I would advise anyone, to like, talk with your principal and go from there, organize with other parents, because they're not they might be likely to like put, see the work that your getting calls them and maybe <laughs> and maybe they need like about ten of y'all parents to come. That, that principals are not gonna push aside ten uh, Tiana, would you push aside 10, 10 parents if they came to you? Would I push aside ten parents? Yeah, would you what would you do? If 10 parents came and said, we need to figure out what to do, I'm sorry, I know you're talking to your husband. But if they, came, if they came to you with any issue, 10 parents, oh, no. what would you do? Need to hear them you, need to hear them, you need to hear them out, right? You, she used the word need. I need to hear them out. Because if somebody emails somebody over her and says, I talked to Principal Lanier uh, along with nine of other parents and nothing's been done, then, then that person's going to be looking at Principal Lanier like, hey, we need to do X, Y, Z. And then if that doesn't work, then that's when you be like, all right, we 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 email principal Lanier, uh, administrator such and such. Now we at the school board. Hey, we went to on January second. We went to, so, you know, that's when you go up there and say like, we want something done right now, and we got twenty of us here now, like dog We gonna you know, don't say dog." but then, well, you know, just just like that's 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 what you that's what you need to do. You need to be proactive. Um, Yeah, so this, this I, I'll um, get to the other questions um, that are here. Um, oh, actually, no. I'll go to this question. I'll get to the other question. Oh, man, this long long, too. God, don't. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm summarizing. Alex, if I don't answer your question completely. Okay, okay. So given the history of our government, how do we resist having a resentful attitude if we are a minority? Well, I think it didn't say resentful. How do I not have a resentful attitude? Um, So I would say what you do with that is you just, not just (laughs) as if it's easy, (laughs) but you resist the resentful attitude. Um, I do think you also could, could ask questions. Um, <laughs> this, this is a real small conflict my wife and I had. Now you've already heard my outlook on the government. You've heard my experience with the police. No bad experiences. However, I do sometimes wonder like if five police cars behind one car is really necessary. Obviously, I don't know, right? Which is what my wife, my wife you don't know that, man? Man, but I'm, I'm like, man, is that always the, the look that you need to have? So we had a meet the chief forum here at Solid Rock, and the chief of police says, said this. He said, I know when I go to a situation that I'm bringing, and he did this to himself, I'm bringing all of this. His uniform, his gun, his taser, his all of that, and that automatically means something to the people he's coming in contact. So even he knows that, right? So there is a measure in which there have been things that have happened. Even if it wasn't him doing it, it's people like him. Like him meaning like they're, they're, they're law enforcement, right? So, so he realizes that like it can automatically be a trigger to some people. I don't, I don't know if you remember that time the police were up there. <laughs> so we had the Summer Slide Prevention Program, the police just came and was just sitting there watching us and some of us didn't like the fact that they were there. It's like, what are they doing? they automatically suspicious of them. I'm not automatically suspicious because I've been working here for a couple of decades. They come and chill, and it's like, it's, it's cool, just chill. That way, you know, the bad people know, like, don't mess with that church right there. Um, so I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> but we all respond differently. So, what, so I invited them down. Um, And I think when, by the time he left, because of the conversation, the the, the temperature had gone down a little bit. Why? Because they got to see the policeman, not as the policeman, but as officer, whoever he was. They got to humanize him. So I think one of the ways we, we battle resentment is to remember that they're human beings that they can, they, they legitimately at times can be afraid for their life. Yeah, they're human, they're not robots. I don't want robots policing us. I don't want no, uh, no uh, iRobot, I don't want that, no. No, I, wanna, I want somebody who's somewhere in there, hopefully they can access their humanity enough to say, you know what, um, okay, like that's enough. Like, okay, he's subdued right now, or he's, you know. Um, but I would, I would try to make sure I humanize, and if I humanize, then I can, I, can, I can ask questions. I can say, hey, why do you uh, do this? Or why this? Or why that? And, 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 and if anybody has questions they would like to like, submit to the police, I'm telling you, I'm willing to organize all of that, write it down, and say, can you come here and talk to us? Because if we polarize one another, we're not going to get anywhere, except for more hostility and enmity. But if we talk. Maybe we can move forward incrementally. We're not going to solve everything just like that. It's been a long time. It's been hundreds of years. So I know I don't expect instantaneous change. But incremental and together, I, I, can, I can see that happening. But I think everyone needs to resist their resentment. They don't, they don't uh, see what we do for them. They don't care about it. You know, we need to be able to come together, and we need to be able to talk. So uh, I hope I answered your qu- If I haven't, didn't answer your question, Alex, um, you can come back to me, uh, Phil, and uh, one other person, I will talk to you um, directly. But the reason we can do this, the reason we can resist our resentment is because God himself resisted any resentment he could have had toward us in sending his son to take on the punishment that should have been ours on himself and to reconcile us. To himself through Jesus Christ and so we're going to take communion which is for people who have placed their trust in Jesus and we're going to celebrate that he's made us citizens in heaven that we are now no longer foreigners no longer without uh, God but that because of Jesus we're not only in God but we're able to even in our minds because they are made in God's image humanize even those who may act like our enemies. I mean, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to love our enemies. And so we need to remember those kinds of things and we need to remember that God loved us while we were still sinners when he would have been right to just cut us off. He didn't. He had mercy and he had grace because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Let's take the bread which represents his body and eat. And now let's drink the juice which represents the blood that was shed for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for giving us new life. Thank you for allowing us to live our life for you and to you. Bless us in how we relate to those, first of all, who are in the church and those who are outside. Help us to interact with the government in a way that is good, that cannot be evil spoken of, but Help us never to compromise your righteousness for any of that. Lord, we ask you that you would be with us throughout this week. We ask you that you would bless us as we uh, continue on with the biblical counseling. Um, Lord, we ask you that you would just bless us even with some of the outreach things we have going coming up in the summer, Lord. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for people's attention. Please do a better job than I'm able to communicate to help them to meditate, Lord, on what they need. Um, This we ask in Jesus' name, and we thank you so much. Amen, amen, and amen. Everybody have a great week, and uh, love you much. And um, please keep the country in your prayers.